Welcome to the Uncommon Church Podcast. Today, you'll hear a message from our Cares Pastor, Josh Martinez. We hope that it helps you to know God, grow strong in your faith, and do all that the Lord has created you to do. We are so glad you were here. As you can tell, I am not Pastor Brad. I am, uh, you're welcome. Um, I'm Josh Martinez. I'm the care pastor here at Uncommon Church, and I have the privilege of being able to give you guys the word this morning. Who had a great week? Anybody eat too much food on Thursday? Yeah, I did too. I had to make up for last year. Last year I had COVID, and so I ate just like a little terrible turkey dinner by myself, so I went a little over and beyond. I got to enjoy my favorite things, the mashed potatoes and the gravy and the turkey and the Cowboys losing. All of my regular traditions I just loved it with all of my heart. Oh, man. Only the Cowboys could complain about the refs having too many bad calls when they called literally the exact same amount of penalties on both teams. I don't know. That's fine. We'll talk about it later. But had a great week. Excuse me. Had a great week and and really enjoyed time with family and really just got to do all those fun things. Um, I'm going to do something real quick. The Holy Spirit is is pouring into me and, and talked a little bit earlier with the prayer team. There is somebody right now at home who you are battling with depression of some sort or or, or the holiday blues, if you will. You're sitting there and you're thinking, nobody's even going to realize I'm not there. Nobody's gonna miss you this morning. And I wanna tell you, your church family does miss you. Your church family notices that you're not here. And the word that you are speaking over yourself, that's a lie. That's a lie straight directly from the enemy. God wants great things from you. That bout of depression that you're battling with right now, that is not of God. And I want you to really wrap yourself as we talk today about your thought life. I want you to wrap yourself in what I'm gonna say in the next few minutes. And I really want you to let God speak to you and let's shake all those chains of depression and anxiety off your life today, amen? All right, thank you for indulging me in that. This morning, I'm going to preach out of the book of Haggai, which is in the Bible. If you need to find it, go to the New Testament, take a left three books, and that's where it is. I'm going to preach to you out of the book of Haggai, and where we are going to start is in the second chapter, verses three through seven. They're going to throw it here on the screen in just a second. And in this portion of scripture, Haggai is giving a prophecy unto Zerubbabel and unto Joshua and unto the people of Israel in general. And we're going to talk real quick, just throw the scripture up on the screen. This is what Haggai said that the Lord told him to say. It says, does anyone remember this house, this temple in its former splendor? How in comparison does it look to you now? It must seem like nothing at all, but the Lord now says, be strong, Zerubbabel, be strong, Jeshua son of Jehozadak, the high priest, be strong, all you people still left in the land. And now get to work, for I am with you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. My spirit remains with you, just as I promised when you came out of Egypt. So do not be afraid. For this is what the Lord of heaven's army says. In just a little while, I will shake the heavens and the earth, the oceans and the dry land. I will shake all the nations, and the treasure of all the nations will be brought to this temple. I will fill this place with glory, says the Lord of heaven's army. Now, that's a pretty important part of scripture. Uh, The temple had been, Solomon's temple had been destroyed by the Babylonians, and we're gonna get to all that in a minute, but they were standing in the middle of the rubble. And this is when this word was spoken. And and right now, I wanna take a a second just to look at a part of verse three. 
that really stuck out to me. In the middle of the third verse, Haggai says, or the Lord says to Haggai to tell them, how does this look to you now? How does this look to you now? Now, give me just a second. Last Friday night, I injured my eye, all right? I don't know if you noticed me last week sitting over here with my sunglasses on. That was not a fashion choice. Okay, well, it was because I was being blinded. Uh, by the way, I'd like to thank everybody in our church who took the time to check on me and make sure that I was doing okay. I heard three or four uh, Ray Charles jokes, a couple of Stevie Wonder jokes. Uh, Cassie even photoshopped a picture of me if we were able to get that up there. Uh, here I am. So I would like to thank my church community for looking out for me. And from, that's Daredevil, by the way. He's a blind superhero. And uh, yeah, thanks for paying attention last week, Cass. That was great. Um, but I injured my eye. I was on a roller coaster. I was being a good dad because when it's cold outside and you're on a coaster, tell your kids, you know, cover your ears. You don't want to get sick. So I did the same thing. And on the ride, we were on Texas Giant and it started getting in my face and all that. So I was moving my hood. And as I did that, hit a bump, bam, thumb myself right in the eye. Yeah, it's hilarious. Who was that? <laughs> Meet me in the parking lot. Thumbed myself in the eye, had a severe corneal abrasion, which means I ripped my cornea. The ophthalmologist that I had to see Saturday in an emergency said she, it was the same level as an injury where a guy hit himself in the face with a hammer. So now Lene calls me hammer thumbs. <laughs> Everybody cares. You know, who cares for the care pastor when the care pastor's hurt? But anyway, after, you know, I was recovering and, and I'm much better now and they gave me eye drops and all the things and they've taken all my money and it's, it's great. But after I hurt myself, I started to realize how important your eyesight is. And if you have any struggle with your eyesight, you, you know what I'm talking about. And I did a little bit of research into eyesight and I found an interesting study. Um, there are some behavioral scientists out there who have discovered that we usually see things that we are prepared to see. So if you walk through the back hallway and you expect to see somebody back there, it shouldn't terrify you. If you're not expecting anybody back there, you will jump out of your soul. I've done it. It's creepy back there. But when you're expecting to see things, those things appear to you. And this is all centered in a network of your nerve cells called the reticular activating system. And everybody here in this room, you have a reticular activating system. Did you know that? So here's how it works, okay? Once something has been brought to your attention and you have been prepared to see it, you will see it everywhere you go. So if you decide that you wanna buy a new car, and you make up your mind what make, what model, what year, what color, you will start to see that car all over the place. And I know that's true. Anybody ever heard of the Volkswagen Atlas? I hadn't either until Linnea and I decided that we wanted to buy one. Now, this was months and months ago before. But we wanted to buy one because we saw it and we thought it looked awesome. And now we see it everywhere we go, the exact one that she wanted. Because the reticular activating system lets us see the things that we have programmed our mind to see. Isn't that cool? God did a pretty good job when he made our bodies, didn't he? You see it on the road. You see it in TV advertisements. Some of you still read the newspaper. I don't know why. They're everywhere. You see it everywhere. Now, what happened, though? 
because they were always there. The Volkswagen Atlas was a car before I thought about it three months ago. So it was always there, but what happened was I am now focused my mind on that car. And my mind is tuned to see that vehicle everywhere that I go because my reticular activating system has kicked in. Now this happens in other areas of life as well. See, we see what we are prepared to see. So if you are prepared to see doom and gloom everywhere you go, that's what you're gonna see. If you are prepared to see sunshine and happiness, that's what you're gonna see. It's all about what you see in yourself and in your life. So I wanna focus on that part of verse three and I wanna ask the question, how does it look to you now as it relates to three different areas of your life, okay? Now, first of all, how do you look to yourself? When you look in the mirror, what kind of a person looks back? And I'm not just talking your physicality, okay? I'm bald, cool. I don't need the mirror to tell me that. I have two children who constantly tell me that on a daily basis. Teenagers, if you've heard of Baldy, Rylan calls me Baldy all the time. It's weird. I don't know. He thinks it's funny. It's not. He's mean. <laughs> but when you look back at yourself, what kind of person are you seeing? Are you, are you seeing somebody who's weak? Somebody who's not worth very much to the world, to your job, to your family? Or do you see somebody who's eager, somebody who's optimistic, somebody who can hardly wait for each day because you know that there's tasks that you are able to accomplish what do you see when you look at yourself? See, I hear people that say things like, well, I just, I can't do that. That's just too hard for me to handle. Others say, I, I know that I'm hard to get along with, but that's just the way I am. Lord knows I've tried, but I just can't seem to change. See, but the Bible tells us that when God's Holy Spirit comes to live in your life, that he can bring about drastic and dramatic changes in your life, but you have to be able to let him make those changes in your life. You have to recognize in yourself that the way that you are looking at things is not the way that God wants you to look at things. See, when, when God came into the life of Saul, you gotta have heard of a guy named Saul, right? He came to him on the road to Damascus and Saul was completely blinded and he changed the way that Paul became Paul, looked at everything. He changed Saul, the person who persecuted Christians all over the world, and he turned him into Paul, who was the gentle yet strong apostle. He can make those same kind of changes in your life as well, if you will let him. But a lot of it depends on what you see, how you look at yourself. So I wanna challenge you with scripture to make sure that you see yourself the way that God sees you. In Philippians 2 and 13, God says something that ought to influence everything that you see about yourself. He says, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. See, Paul is saying that we are a part of God's investment. We are bundles of unlimited opportunity and potential. God wants to change us, and then through us, he wants to influence and change the world. So you can't go around saying, well, that's just the way I am. People don't like me because I speak the truth. That's just the way I am. No, it, you can change that. 
You absolutely can change that if you will let God have his way in your life. You see, with God, everybody has potential. I want to speak that over you this morning. If you don't believe it in yourself, I want you to believe it as a pastor of Uncommon Church and on behalf of Brad and Josie, we see the potential in you. There is not one person in this room that God cannot use. But the question is, will he be able to use you? Will you see yourself in a way that God will be able to use you? God can take weak bodies and shattered lives and with those, he can change the entire world. So how does it look when you look in the mirror? Okay, I want you to think about it. The next time you look in the mirror, I want you to take a look at what you see and who you are through God. All right, the second question is, how does the world look to you? How does the world around you look? Is everybody happy? Is everybody peaceful? Do you argue? Do you fight a lot? See, the Bible teaches us that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him might have eternal life. God loves the world and he sees each of us as the channels through whom his message of love might travel. So what do you feel when you look at the world? Are you concerned about the world at all? Yeah, I think most of us are concerned about what we're seeing right now. There's a book by a guy named Tim Hansen. This was written back in the 80s. It was the inspiration loosely for a movie called The Substitute. And if you've seen that movie, you'll know where I'm going a little bit with this story. There was a book he wrote called Holy Sweat, which is talking about how you fix your life in order to live holy, but also to accomplish things for the kingdom, okay? And there's a story in this book where he talks about being a high school teacher. Any teachers in the room? Where are you at? Teachers, I know, yeah, this corner over here. All right, teach. High school, not a fun group to teach. I taught sixth grade for a year. And then I was like, I'm gonna take a chance on the ministry because it seems like it's gonna be easier than teaching sixth grade. Teaching is not for the faint of heart, okay? And in this story, he's talking about being a high school teacher and he decided that he wanted to teach in a way that was going to grab the student's attention because everything that he tried, parents of teenagers, they could not grab these kids' attention. Sometimes you have to think outside the box. You have to do things a little bit crazy to get kids' attention. You have to go to Six Flags on a Friday night in 55-degree weather and stab yourself in the eye with your thumb. you got to shake things up a little bit because kids just aren't wired to do the same mundane thing over and over again. So this group of high school kids that the author uh, was teaching, high school students, and just had no desire to do anything, didn't want to learn a thing didn't care that they were there, only there because they had to be there. So he decided, all right, I'm gonna do something different. I'm gonna do something that grabs their attention. So he took his chalk, because this was back in the 80s. So he took his chalk and he wrote on the chalkboard in big three-foot letters the word apathy, A-P-A-T-H-Y, apathy. And one of the high school seniors that was in his class looked at the word and just kind of stared at it for a minute and he said, apathy. Apathy. He's real confused, didn't really understand what the word meant. So he elbowed his buddy. He said, hey, man, what does that word apathy mean? And his friend looked at him and said, who cares? See, that's where we are. It wasn't a joke. You can laugh if you want. 
I was moving to my next point because it didn't land and that's fine. Thank you, my father-in-law who was here to try to help me. But, but in all seriousness, with that story, it talks a lot about how many of us are viewing the world around us right now. We exhibit apathy towards the people in our community, the people in our apartment complexes, the people in our neighborhood, the people in the grocery store. COVID has made it very easy for us to ignore. We've got our masks on. We don't want to get too close to anybody. We don't want to talk to the salespeople at the door. Why do they do that? I hate that. Kroger, they put spectrum people right there at the door. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't want to talk to you because I'm apathetic to the world around me right now. And we have all been affected by that. We have all become apathetic. When you are out in the community, you shouldn't see it as, I don't want to talk to people. I want to withdraw to myself, become that recluse, just get in and get out. No, we need to look at it as an opportunity to share the love of God. Do you care? Do you care about the people in your community or is it just something that we stand up here and we say from the pulpit or we say in our culture point and growth track every single month? Is it something that we say or is it something that we do? What do you see when you look at the world around you? Do you see people who are just an annoyance and bothering you or in your way? Or do you see a mission field? Because how you look at things affects how you interact with the world around you. So if you see everything as an annoyance and as a bother, you're going to be annoyed and bothered everywhere you go. But if you look at every place that you walk into as an opportunity to share the love of God and just to tell people that they are loved, this is the best time of year. Thanksgiving, going into Christmas, unless you listen to KSBJ down in Houston, because see up here in Dallas, they're smart on KLTY. They'll play three or four Christmas songs and then Christian music. In Houston, no, no, no. From the day after Thanksgiving through New Year's, 24 hour Christmas music. That's a little much for me, okay? A little much for me, but it's about what you're listening to. And, and so my opinion here, and, and this is just my opinion, this is not uncommon church's official position. This is me as a person with the microphone, so you have to listen to me. My opinion, and take this with a grain of salt, is you need to turn the news off every once in a while. I'm looking at you, father-in-law. You need to turn the news off every once in a while because, listen, because the world around us, they are trying to keep us trapped in a mindset of fear and trapped in a mindset of control and trapped in all of the bad. But have you walked outside lately? Have you felt the cold air? Thank God. Have you heard the birds singing? And if you looked at the beautiful cloudless days? Have you looked at what God has put around us? Here's the reality. The world hasn't changed. The world is still good. The world is still beautiful. People individually are still inherently good. That has not changed. What has changed is what our minds have been focused to listen to. Our minds are being focused to, to hear that COVID is going to end the, the entire universe. That politics, that if you're right wing, you're bad. If you're left wing, you're bad, blah, blah, blah. 
the things that the media is putting out there, and I'm not trying to be a media's bad. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is the more of that stuff that you take in, the less of life that you are able to enjoy. So when you are listening to the news or you're watching your favorite political commentator or whatever it is, and you find yourself starting to get agitated, getting angry, and and it's changing your personality, you need to turn that thing off. Walk outside, take your dog for a walk. He's needed it for like an hour and you're just sitting there watching stuff that doesn't matter. Talk to Jesus for a minute. Talk to Jesus for a minute. Talk to, hey, marriage retreat. Talk to your spouse. They're over there. They're on the same couch. You're just ignoring them. Spend time with your kids. I don't recommend Six Flags on a Friday night. Spend time with your friends. Spend time with your loved ones. Read a book. Those are things that have pages. And they're really old now. And they sit in these things called libraries. And you have to drive to them. What you put your mind into is how you are going to feel. That's how you're going to behave. That's how you're going to act. I caught myself at one point talking back to sports a little bit. I used to get really mad when my team lost. And here's the problem. Outside of the Astros, every other team I root for are awful. For like a nine-day span, the Rockets and the Texans had the same amount of wins. And like, that's not good. The Texas Longhorns have been terrible for a decade. Like, I follow bad teams and it, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> the Aggies clapping, that's hilarious. You're barely better. Anyway, officially I went to Sam Houston State. We're number one in the FCS, take that. But it was affecting my mood. When my team would lose and they lost a lot, I was getting agitated with my kids. I was getting irritated with Lene, and I was taking out on her things that I wasn't even on the team. I wasn't even good enough to play when I was in high school. Why do I let these professional people get me so upset that I am just mad the rest of the day? You Cowboys fans know what I'm talking about, right? And I'll throw in the Washington football team for Brad. Yeah, there you go. I won't just pick on the Cowboys. Listen, I'm a Texans fan. We got nowhere to look but up, okay? So it's a little bit of jealousy coming out. But I remember Lene and her godly wisdom in a kind of threatening voice told me once, you don't play for that team. Why are you so mad right now? And you know what? It sounds stupid. But it took her calling me out in that moment to realize, wait a minute. Why am I getting so mad? Why is it ruining my entire day when a bunch of people who I've never met in my life lose a game? And see, I'm trying to teach Jackson and Rylan about sportsmanship and that when you lose, it's okay to lose, but then I'm showing something else. You have to be careful with what you're letting affect your thought life. When your team loses, there's not one person in this room who's a professional athlete or owns a team. So we don't need to get mad when our team loses. 
We don't need to let it affect our day. We don't need to let it ruin. And Lene's watching online right now and she's writing all this down that I'm saying. We don't need to let it affect our mind. You don't need to let political commentary affect your mind. You don't need to let the news affect your mind. You don't need to let that nosy person at work affect your mind. You don't need to be that nosy person at work because you're affecting other people's minds. Life is good. Yes, there's things in our country that are not great right now. There, there are. We can be all honest and open about that. Okay, there's bad things going on with racism. There's bad things going on with COVID. People are dying. I get it. Okay, and I'm not trying to make light of any of that. Okay, but we have a choice each and every day that we wake up. Are we going to choose joy? Or are we gonna to continue to waller in self-pity? I'm tired of self-pity. I don't like self-pity, Josh. Self-pity, Josh, is not a fun time. I like, I'm gonna wake up and be happy, Josh. My wife hates, I'm gonna wake up and be happy, Josh, because she's not a morning person. But when I'm up in the morning, I'm singing, I'm snapping, I'm waking my kids up and tickling them, and don't ask me how I haven't been punched, but it, that's who I want to be. I choose each and every day when I wake up, regardless of what's going on around me, I'm going to be happy. And when you choose those things for your life, it will be amazing to you how things actually change. When you change your thought life, things absolutely go in a very different direction for you. Now, we've talked about how you look at yourself. We've talked about how you look at the world. Now let's talk about how are you, man, I'm sorry. How are you looking at the church? How does the church look to you? Now, back in the scripture in Haggai that we, were, we started with, I wanna look back to that passage. See, God was instructing Haggai to speak to Zerubbabel and to Joshua and to all the people. Okay, the occasion is this. After years of exile in Babylon, their new Persian rulers set the Jews free, free to return to their homeland, free to rebuild Jerusalem and Solomon's temple that the Babylonians had destroyed. So after they return, God says to Haggai, speak to them and ask them, how many of you remember what the temple was like before it was destroyed? Now, there were probably some who could remember when the temple stood in all of its glory and when people came and they worshiped and sacrifices were offered, when prayers rose up to God. And those had been exciting times of worship and fellowship as people came to gather in God's house. But then God throws that comma in and he says, how does it look to you now? And what they saw was just a pile of rubble because the temple there laid in ruins. But then God spoke prophetically and, and he's speaking this over you today and to whoever you are online right now. Three times in the next verse, God says, be strong. He said, be strong, Zerubbabel. Be strong, Joshua. Be strong, all you people. And he said, the reason that you can be strong is because I am with you. And if you don't hear anything else I say this morning, you need to know that God is with you. Even when you're in the middle of a battle, even when you're laid up in the hospital or you just wrecked your car or any, somebody passed away in your family, in those dark moments, 
God is there with you. He made a covenant with you. His spirit remains among you. Do not fear, for I'm going to shake the heavens and the earth. I'm going to shake the sea and the dry land. I'm going to shake all the nations. And then he said, the desired of all nations will come and I will fill this house with glory. See, what what he said about Solomon's temple was, yeah, Solomon's temple was more beautiful and ornate, but the temple that Zerubbabel was to rebuild was going to be more beautiful with the spirit of God that the spirit was going to reside there. Now, when you look around at church today, it's beautiful. The trees look good. The lobby looks good. The snow globe is great. We're gonna have snow falling from it. Like it's a super cool thing. So when you look around the church, it's beautiful. And and we have a lot of good things in here. But being on stage and looking out, what I get to see, my point of view right now, is I get to see a room full of men, women, and kids who have the potential to make an absolute difference in the lives of their community and the lives of people around them. See, the church is not the building. Please understand that. The church is not the building. If the city of Euless came in and shut Uncommon Church down, I guarantee you our staff would find a place for us to meet together. They're not going to, by the way. (laughs) I was just making a point. But my, my thought there is the church are the people in the seats. That is what the church is. So yes, the room is beautiful and, and we've done a great job. Thank you to all our little Christmas elves who stayed after to help decorate everything last Sunday. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about you people in the seats who have an opportunity to absolutely change the lives of your family, your friends, your neighbors, that really mean grocery clerk at the store, you have that opportunity to change everything around you. We're almost in the year 2022, which for some of you in this room, didn't think you'd ever get to. Uh, If you want me to ruin your day, we are as far away now, I think I looked it up, we are as far away now from 1980 as 1980 was from the start of the great World War II. Yeah, crazy, right? I just blew Brad's mind. I did it. Yeah. You're welcome. 2022 is now somehow only about a month, about five weeks away. The way that we see 2022 with God's help is the way that it can be. Do we want to prophetically speak into 2022 that it's not going to be much different than 2020 or 2021? Or do we want to change our thought pattern and do we want to look at all of the good that God can bring and all the restoration and all the prodigals that he could bring home and we can fill the rest of that Jesus sign? What do we want to believe for? Do we want to believe for the same old, same old? Or do we want to have, as Brad and Josie say, big asks? Fill that board, Lord. Not because we care about the numbers here. We care about the numbers up there. So we can fill that sign and then we can start a new one. That's what we want to see out of 2022. God is alive and he is on the throne and nothing is impossible when God is there with you. He waits for a willing church, the people, 
to answer his call, to respond to his challenge, to reach out to a world that desperately needs to hear his message. Stand with me this morning. Now you may be looking at me right now and you have absolutely zero clue of what the church is or what it should even look like. You haven't even chosen Jesus as your Lord and Savior yet. So you haven't given much thought to what the church should look like, to what the world around you should look like in a Christian worldview. Now, if this is you, I want you to know today, and I want to tell you, Jesus absolutely loves you. You at home, Jesus absolutely loves you. And if you let him, he wants to be the Lord of your life. Now, this morning, I would like to lead us all in a prayer of salvation. However, I would like to know who I'm praying for. So if this is the first time, or maybe it's the first time in a long time that you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, could you please raise your hand this morning? Anybody? I see your hand. I see your hand over there. I see your hand up here. Hey, praise God. Yeah. Three more light bulbs. What about you at home? You're sitting there, you're watching this on TV and your chest is just pounding right now. And that's because I have been speaking to you prophetically through the power of the Holy Spirit and God is ready to come and be in your midst, but you have to let him in. If you raise your hand in this room, I'm so proud of you. It's the greatest decision you've ever made, but let's all pray this prayer together. Repeat after me, dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. Please forgive me. Come into my life. I love you. I need you. I repent of my sin. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Please help me to live for you for the rest of my life. In your name I pray, amen. All right, let's celebrate the three this morning and the ones that we don't know from online yet. Such a great day. This is what we're here for. We're here for salvation. That is what Uncommon Church does. That is our win. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Church podcast. If this message has impacted your life, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. And for more information on our church community, you can click the link in the description or visit uncommonchurch.tv.